You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tide or Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Here we go. Welcome into the Gary Harris Show for this Monday, November 13, 2023. I'm your host, Gary Harris. i got my main man, Noah Haynes, right there on the other side of the glass, manning the controls, taking your phone calls on the First Domain Condos hotline at 205-342-9904. It's the Monday edition, and we are ready to rock and roll here as we recap the weekend and get you ready for the week ahead. Great show on tap today. We're going to dive into uh, Alabama, Kentucky, as the tide wrapped up the SEC West in decisive fashion. Up in Lexington, it was 21 to nothing before you could uh before you get in your chair good and I kind of felt like it was about to be 28 to nothing after Kentucky had another three and out they had not made a first down in the game and and punted and uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry muffed a punt and Kentucky got it at the Alabama I want to say 32 33 somewhere in there and and got a touchdown and it kind of delayed the inevitable but Alabama won that thing going away 49 to 21 and uh, I guess maybe with that mistake and a couple more of those Penalties that Alabama seems to get every game. There's plenty for Alabama to work on. Uh, Jalen Milrow, who had a great game, made a bad decision when he should have stepped out of bounds. He tried to throw back across his body and, and got picked off. So uh, there's plenty to work on. And somebody that uh, played at Alabama, I was talking uh, with them last night, and he told me, yeah, you know, if, if you if you get up 28, 35, nothing, you know, early in the second quarter, that game is – probably one of those where it's over at halftime and and he was not um, he, he thought maybe those things happening was a good thing kept Alabama on point kept them um, kept them engaged in the game and gives the coaching staff plenty to work on going into this Chattanooga week knowing that uh, you're going to win that game and then of course you got the Iron Bowl and then you've got the SEC championship game uh at uh, Atlanta against Georgia. So there's a lot ahead for this team as they try to get into the college football playoff. But the former player I talked to last night was like, no, Gary, don't pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, would you know, some ways it's fun as a fan. You know, if you get up 35 nothing in the second quarter, you're up 42 nothing and a half. But he said by Kentucky getting that touchdown and it coming on a, uh, you know, awful mistake. And then he said there were some other mistakes in the game that, uh, you know, was far from perfect. So that coaching staff can really harp on those guys. And he said a lot of times when you win, easy easy it's not it's not as good as when you have to <clears throat> at least be engaged for for most of the game so maybe there's some positives that came out of the fact that Alabama did not play a clean game even though they won going away so we'll dive into that Nick Saban met with uh, the media following the game on Saturday we'll have uh, some of his comments available to us uh, Noah you can send me those clips when you get a chance you know sometimes I get to them sometimes I don't but we have them if needed so uh, that will be uh, uh, you know a possibility as well for us uh, obviously we'll take your phone calls I'm going to tell you the guest lineup and all the good stuff that's coming up here in just a moment but first as always I have to tell you that this hour of the Gary Harris Show is being brought to you by my good friends at Alabama Credit Union. Member owned and not for profit. It really is just a better way of banking. I encourage you to find out more at Alabama Credit Union. It's a website. It's easy to find. It's alabamacu.com, and it's got so much information there. Uh, certainly, you might want to go by and visit with the good folks at the credit union and talk about membership, but you can find out a lot on the website, too. That's alabamacu.com, Alabama Credit Union Loans for Real Life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. 
and find uh, you know a little bit of extra change floating around in your pocket when you join the Alabama Credit Union. All right, here's the lineup. It's the Monday lineup. That means Rodney Orr from TiterInsider.com. Titer Insider TV will be with us at 930 to recap Kentucky. Look ahead to the rest of the season. Talk recruiting. Alabama got a huge commitment yesterday for the class of 2025 as recruiting continues to roll on and Nick Saban showing no signs of slowing down, man. I mean, what a what a year for the coach when a lot of people two, three weeks into the season had this team buried and had Nick Saban uh, pondering retirement. And then <laughs> you look up, we've still got two games to go and Alabama's already clinched the SEC West and, uh, you know, zeroing in on a college football playoff berth, an opportunity to do something maybe that uh, in the SEC championship game that has not been done since Alabama did it in the SEC championship game two years ago. And that would be beat the Georgia Bulldogs. That was the last loss that Georgia suffered. And Alabama may have an opportunity to give them their next loss as well. Although uh, Georgia still has a trip to Tennessee, play uh, the Vols in Knoxville, and then play Georgia Tech. But right now, the way this Georgia team is playing them and, and who they are, I can't see them losing a game uh, unless it's Alabama that beats them in the SEC championship game, or, of course, if they lose in the college football playoff. I don't see Tennessee or Georgia Tech knocking off the dogs who rolled over Ole Miss this past uh, this past Saturday. So we're ready to go. Also at uh, 1030, Casey Smith on golf. We'll talk Justin Thomas, who had a uh, fourth-place finish at the um, – African Masters uh, over in Africa and played very, very well there as he kind of gets set for the 2024 season. And Camilo Vajegas, a winning on the PGA Tour. Uh, what a win for him. He finished second last week, had not won in nine years, had lost some of his playing privileges, but he won today and it was... Um, you know, bittersweet for for him and his family. Him and his wife lost a little a little baby girl. Uh, you know, in the in the recent uh, uh, time, and so uh, it's been a been a really a struggle for them. But he's uh, he's back in the winter circle. So we'll talk golf with Casey Smith coming up at ten thirty. As I said, your phone calls are welcome on the first domain condos hotline at two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. That's two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. And we would love to hear from you as we always do, and uh, always look forward to your phone calls. And boy, we've been having a lot of them lately. First of Maine Condos Hotline is brought to you by First of Maine Condominiums in historic downtown Northport. Apply now. Go to the website and um, find out all the information. Luxury condominiums in beautiful historic downtown Northport. Firstandmaincondos.com. That's firstandmaincondos.com for more information. All right, Bama in the NFL, uh, as it is every week, another big day. Brian Robinson had a big day for the Commanders, uh, even though they lost a tough one on the final play of the game on a field goal at Seattle. Um Boy, Jameer Gibbs continues to do his thing for the Lions. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, Amari Cooper with a big game. Just guys all over the league. And uh, then there was some negatives, too. Uh, Mac Jones had a tough game for the Patriots uh, against uh, the Colts and uh, was benched at the two-minute warning. And Bailey Zappi came in and threw an interception in the game as the Patriots got beat 10-6. to Mac missed a couple of throws. I continue to say, though, that he's, uh, he's limited by the fact that they just don't have any weapons on offense. They just don't. You know, they just don't have them. But uh, uh, there's a lot of talk now about whether or not he'll be benched as the Patriots go into their bye week. So it's not always, always, you know, positive for former Alabama guys when you have that many of them in the league. Uh, Quentin Williams, I thought, played a, a really good game last night for the Jets. C.J. Mosley had 14 tackles. But they lost to the Raiders because their offense can't score any touchdowns. 
All the Jets do is kick field goals. And it's a shame because uh, they're, they're, they're wasting a championship-level defense with the Jets. I mean, that defense is strong. But when your offense can't score touchdowns, you're going to lose more times than you, than you don't. They lost the game last night. Probably they should have won. But the Raiders have won two in a row. Um, after firing, uh, you know, Josh McDaniels as their head coach and, uh, Josh uh, Jacobs had a good game last night for the Raiders as they get to win over the Jets. So always a lot of, uh, Bama in the NFL to talk about on a Monday morning. I know it's a lot of fun for Alabama fans to watch just about any NFL game that you tune in is going to have a strong Alabama connection. Of course, obviously it's coach firing season. It seems like it gets a little earlier every year. Uh, it used to be, you know, you, you would, you would limp along until the end of the season before these schools cut you loose, but now they want to get ahead of the, the game. And, uh, despite one of the worst buyouts, uh, ever agreed to in the history of college football, uh, a&M is, is, uh, cutting ties with, uh, Jimbo Fisher. Of course, the AD out there, Ross Bjork, who had been the head, had been the AD at Ole Miss. I mean, he's the one that after the COVID year, uh, extended the contract even more. And A&M's out 78 million, regardless of what Jimbo does. And what I mean by that is there's no, there's no, uh, leverage against it. If he gets a job coaching at a D1 school next year, make it 8 million a year, that 8 million doesn't even come off what he's owed in the buyout. Just a terrible contract. Now, I understand when they hired the guy, they hired him with the intentions of, um, you know, he's going to, he's going to, um, win a national championship for us. So we're going to lock him down and we're going to give, you know, I understand they were confident, but still there are no guarantees. And to, um, you know, and to have the guy now be let go and owe him that kind of money and uh, they're going to have to pay major money to get another coach in. And, and you know, listen, I get it. I understand. Texas A&M boosters have a lot of money, but I still will contend that people that have a lot of money, and, I, and I've said this before, um, they still don't like making bad investments. So I, I'm sure it stings a little bit. And uh, they didn't, you know, you don't keep a lot of money if you continue to make poor decisions. So A&M now is going to have to turn around and and it's like, who do you get? You know, I mean, there are more, I, I contend there are more good jobs than there are coaches at that level to fill them. Plus, mathematics, as I always say, is not going to allow everybody to win. It's just like in the SEC. Everybody goes into the season, best case scenario. I say this every August. If you're a fan, you're looking at best case scenario for your team. If this happens and that happens and this happens, oh, we can be in Atlanta. Well, only two teams are going to get to Atlanta, okay? Only two teams are going to win the division. And now, of course, next year there'll be no division. So we 16 teams with Oklahoma and Texas coming in. It's going to be even more difficult. So no matter how many facilities you build, no how much uh, commitment you have to your program, everybody's not going to be happy. And that's what makes this season so amazing for Alabama. Again, uh, after the start that Alabama got off to, Nick Saban has done it again. And Alabama fans are, are, are in a position to have a chance for the for the you know uh, the big the big the big prize. But most of these schools don't. And you know. It, Everybody in the SEC, and even Vanderbilt's trying, but everybody else has facilities, has money, going to pay their coaches. So we're going to be in in this situation every year. There are going to be some coaches in the SEC that are going to be let go because they're not going to have lived up. You know, this time next year, if Billy Napier doesn't show some progress, he's going to be out, you know. 
um, possibly. I mean, there are there are others. The, it, the worm can turn quickly. And, you know, you have a pretty good year this year, and then next year they're expecting even more, and then you don't deliver, and, and you're, in, you're in a pickle. So there's very few coaches that have complete job security in the SEC. Nick Saban does. Kirby Smart does. I would say right now Lane Kiffin does. Um, you know, his only two losses are to Alabama and to Georgia. They got a chance to go 10 and 2. I would think that, um, you know, Mark Stoops still does, although they're getting a little restless in Kentucky even. Right now, after this year, Eli, Eli Drinkwitz probably does, but there are others that next year, you know, the guy at Vandy, the guy at Florida, um, you know, even Brian Kelly. I'm going to tell you something. Um, next year, if he's, you know, got three losses again, you know, they'll, they'll start rumbling down there in Baton Rouge. Obviously, you're expecting Arkansas to make a move with Sam Pittman. I don't see him coming back after that disaster on Saturday against Auburn up in Fayetteville. I mean, they just got their clock cleaned. I mean, they went down to Florida. Of course, that makes Billy Napier's loss to Arkansas look even worse. Napier and Florida lose at home to a team that hadn't won an SEC game and the very next week get thumped by Auburn. So, you know, it, it's everybody wants to win in the SEC at the highest level, and everybody can't do it. I don't care how much money you spend; it's just it's just not going to happen mathematically. So, every year you're going to be in a situation where um, you got people that are unhappy. Zach Arnett out after one, not even a complete season at Mississippi State. We know what happened there. Mike Leach passed away. Arnett uh, coached him in the bowl game, uh, did a good job, got the head job. But then immediately, uh, you got a quarterback coming back in Will Rogers, who's a very very uh, you know, accomplished quarterback, and you change the offense. You change the offense away from what he had done under Mike Leach and had success in, and it's just, it. listen, it, it, you know, it just, I don't blame Mississippi State. I've seen some other people say, well, you didn't give him a chance. He took under took over under poor circumstances. All that's true, but, man, alive. They're just, you know, they're awful. <laughs> I mean, they're awful. And I'm not saying they should be great, but, they should not be this bad. And, you know, how, plus, you know, you, you just lost by 40 something points to a school that fired their coach the next day. So, you know, uh, and you lost to that team by 40 something points. So, you know, it, it kind of, it kind of is what it is, but, um, this is the season and this is the, the world in which we live in with college sports. You know, you don't pay these coaches millions of dollars and then not expect results. Problem is you pay them millions of dollars. And as I said on social media yesterday, what a time to be a coach. And I understand how hard these guys work. I get it. And I understand it didn't used to be this way. I get it, but it's this way now. And what I mean by that is if you if you can get a gig at one of these Power 5 schools, uh, you're set for life. You are set for life whether you win a game or not because every one of these contracts are guaranteed. And that's just not the way it works in the, in the real world. What a severance package for Jimbo Fisher. I mean, my gosh. You know, in the real world, even if you're at a company for 20 years, and they decide to let you go, you start looking, well, how much am I getting a severance package? You know, maybe you get six months. Maybe you get nine months. Maybe you get a year even. You know, maybe you've been with somebody that long, but you don't get, you don't get paid for the rest of your life. You know, it's just, it's, it's just a different deal. And what you're going to see too, 
Um, with a, you know, now coaches coach. I had somebody text me last night and say, why would Jimbo ever coach again? Well, short term, I see your point, but coaches coach. Why did Terry Bowden leave a gig where he was, uh, flying to New York every weekend to sit up there in Times Square and be an analyst for ABC? Had a great job. Uh, to take a job where he was back taking after being at Auburn as the head coach, he takes a job where he's riding a bus every Saturday when he, when he, when he took a job at the University of North Alabama. Because coaches want to coach. That's what they do. And they believe that, you know, Rich Rodriguez is another example. And so, uh, you know, I expect that we'll see Jimbo Fisher coaching again. Could he take a year off? Probably. Um, but, you know, I think we'll see him coaching again. I think, obviously, Zach Arnett's a very young coach. You're going to see him probably pop up as a defensive coordinator somewhere. Sam Pittman is in his 60s. But if he's let go at Arkansas, he'll probably be an offensive line coach for somebody. He's a very good offensive line coach. So, anyway, that's where we're at in this uh, in this season. It starts out with high expectations for everybody, and then it kind of goes downhill. All right, we're going to get to our first break. This hour being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. When we come back on the other side, we're going to talk to Tom, who's uh, holding on the First Domain Condos hotline, Rodney Orr at 930. We've got some Nick Saban clips. And also, I'm going to get uh, uh, Noah to pull up um, – I was talking about the AD at uh, Texas A&M, Ross Bjork. He actually met with the media yesterday, so we're going to let him explain why they decided to move on from Jimbo Fish. We'll have that later on the show as well. All right, it's Monday, November 13th. Hope everybody had a great Veterans Day on Saturday, and uh, we acknowledged the veterans last Friday. We'll be back after this right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Football brought to you by Pearl River Resort, Choctaw, Mississippi. Your destination for casino thrills, family fun, and live entertainment. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's daily update on Bama Sports and it's brought to you by Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider for Alabama athletics. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. On Saturday, Alabama picked up a 49-21 win against Kentucky to clinch the SEC West. Head coach Nick Saban met with the media after the game. Look, I'm really proud of this team. Uh, this team's come a long ways. These guys have worked hard. Um, there's great togetherness, good leadership on the team. Uh, a lot of guys have made significant improvement uh, because they've stayed positive and stayed the course in terms of uh, listening to what the coaches had to say about what they needed to do to improve and uh, actually have really good relationships uh, with each other on this team. So I was really pleased that uh, the team didn't buy into you know, the rat poison or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I thought this was a little bit of a trap game. And uh, I actually asked the players yesterday in, in the team meeting to stand up and say what they had to do. I'll have more in a moment. You hear a lot today about the Bama factor. Well, what exactly is it? It's a saying that Coach Saban uses constantly. It's actually what the program is built on. Commitment, discipline, effort, toughness, and pride. Well, at Dex Imaging, we believe in these same principles. To be the very best we can be, day in and day out. So for all of your business office solutions, put Dex Imaging to work for you. Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider of Alabama Athletics. Join us tonight for Crimson Tide Rewind, presented by the Alabama Department of Public Health, coming to you live from Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Vestavia Hills at 6 p.m., all across our radio network and the Varsity Network app. 
Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by Dex Imaging. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our clients. At Patterson Comer, ministry has evolved. It will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meet and 3 special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and 3 vegetables for just eight forty nine. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partly to mostly sunny today with a high around 70. Tonight, increasingly cloudy below 49. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy. The better chance of rain will be south of here, the high 65. Wednesday, cloudy and cool. Rain likely at times, the high 59. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 59 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. 9.23, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show here on Tide 100.9 FM. Rodney Orr coming up uh, at the bottom of the hour. Right now, though, we're jumping out on the First of Maine Condos hotline and Tom's going to lead us off, and then we're going to get to Philip. Hey, Tom. Gary, how are you? I hope your weekend was good. It really was. It was laid back. You know, I didn't go to Lexington, so I was off Saturday and watched the game like a fan. And, you know, it was kind of just like it is out there today, kind of overcast. And, oh, yeah. And just uh, So I just had a really relaxing weekend, and I, I, I don't apologize for it. It was fun. <laughs> no, no, I needed uh, – I had the same, same agenda – uh, Friday night, I went to the basketball game and enjoyed that, and um, and then uh, laid low and uh, did a little cooking and stuff for Thanksgiving. You know, on Saturday, good, good day to get in the kitchen and uh, start getting ready for the feast. Yeah, man. Gary, I need to know. Do you know the wonderful, great? Evie Van Pelt. Do, do I know what now? Oh, Evie Van do you Pelt. Know the, I know. Yeah. I, I, yes, uh, I do know her. Evie is one of the best. I think you would agree. Yes, over to Ole Miss. And, covers Ole Miss. Yep. Yeah, she she writes. Uh, I, I forgot the paper, but she she does. Uh, she's kind of independent, but she does. Uh, Tiger, I mean, uh, Rebel Walt. Yeah, I've had Rebel her. I've Walt. actually had her on the show before, Tom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she, she's, uh, she, she's been there and done that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, anyway, I was hoping that you knew her well enough to uh, consider this as a suggestion that I'm going to make to you. Okay. For some reason, I can't tell you why, but Evie quite naturally is on the inside at Ole Miss. And that that just kind of goes with her territory, right? But but she also is, and I don't know how this works. A and M connection, A and M connection. Is that where you're going? Yes. Yeah. 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 How is that? Do you know? Yeah, vaguely. I'm trying to remember. I think she had been out in Texas before she came to Oxford, and maybe one of her kids went to A and M or something. But yeah, she's got she's got strong connections to that program too. Yes. Yeah. And I was going to say, uh, I thought being in Mississippi uh, along the same time as Evie that <laughs> might touch base with her and 
get her take on the uh, A&M situation. Yeah, that's uh, not a bad idea at all, Tom. I mean, uh, she I, is a great radio guest. Yeah, I've had she her on before. Great- yeah, yeah, I've had her. I've, yeah. had, I've had her on the show. So, yeah, I uh, we've talked to her before. And about I thought her, maybe miss. you had forgot about her being a sword. Uh, not forgotten, but she did not pop up in my in my mind. So it's good that you mentioned that to yeah. to me. So yeah, I may I may get her on. Are you proud of me for doing well, that? Well, I always know you got my back, and you're always looking out for my best interests. So there you uh, go, there you got it. You're, you're Dad, on it. I want to talk to you about the basketball game. Okay. Indiana State run out there first thing right off the bat. They put nine on board for a, a ball that left our hand even touched the goal. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you about Mr. Estrada. He laid down 16 in a row right quick, so fast, make your head swim. And that's before anybody else on the team scored a point. He had 24 in the first half. You hear me? Yeah, I did. I mean, he's a player. And I'm telling you, he was burning it up. And then, you know, after that, they started, that coach called him over and said, you got to do something about number 55. He, uh, he's killing us. Yeah, he's a problem so for people. They... He's a problem. <laughs> you know what's funny is he, uh, is, uh, he he lit it up, and then I I was because I was at TV station Friday night, obviously with high school football show that we have, and I watched I watched a lot of the Alabama game, and then I turned on uh, Missouri and uh, uh, Memphis and watched Javon Quinterly light it up for Memphis against Mizzou. Oh really? Yeah, I lit I it up. Almost, well, I was on the road. Yeah, almost had a almost had a triple double. I mean, he's you know he's really? out. Yeah, it was it was an unbelievable game uh, well, for him. And, and they, they wore so hey they him. wore Missouri out. Memphis did. Memphis was no, down. They did. Memphis was down seven at the break, and the next thing I did, I, I looked up, and they had outscored Missouri uh, thirty six to thirteen at one point in the second half. That is so good to hear for uh, JQ. I am so proud for him. Yeah, he went for uh of this stat line in thirty four minutes. He had eighteen <laughs> points. Eight rebounds and five assists. Golly, that is something. Yeah, so he's good too. But listen, I think Alabama's very, very happy with their backcourt. You know, uh, if, if Javon had stayed here, you got him, you got Estrada, you got those, you got Sears. There might not have been enough. You know, it's only one basketball, so it probably it probably all worked out for for both parties. You know what I mean? Well, I I, I think so. I don't hold anything against these kids that you know search opportunities. I think it's wrong to do that. But at the same time, I, I wanted to say this, too. I, You know, uh, Grant Nelson, my God, he went off in the second half. Yeah, he's and I'm not talking about just scoring. I'm not talking about just scoring. I'm talking about playing defense. I'm talking about rebounding. I'm talking about the whole package. He was fabulous. And, of course, I can't leave out Mark Sears. He is absolutely a steady rock on that thing. He is, man. They're a good-looking team. Sears had uh, 24. Uh, Scott had 27. Double yeah, Nelson had 20. Uh, Stevenson, the freshman, had 10. I mean, uh, Wrightson Jr. had 8. This is a balanced team, dude. Wagi had 6. I would I mean, say this. Do not compare Stevenson to Noah Clowney because it would not be fair to Stevenson. All right. He's better. All right. Wow. Okay. Good. All right, Tom. got to run, See man. You. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right, let's get uh, Philip real quick here before we have to hit the break. Hey, Philip, we got like two minutes, man. 
Georgia number one, Alabama number two, Ohio State number three, Oregon number four. Well, that sounds good to me. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I wish the people on that committee agreed with you, Philip. Well, I don't know what they're looking at. Um, Michigan, yeah, they're looking, you know, they're looking at they're looking at a lot of stuff that has nothing to do with with how these teams play on the field. I can tell you that. So. Um, Michigan was Michigan was seven out of eight passing for sixty whole yards. I know they I think um, they ran it twenty four times in a row there at one point in the second half. But you know they won the game uh, at Penn State, so I mean that yep. is a that is a good win. But I'll just say this in regards to the playoff. Barry Sanderson and I've been debating this. There's no world that I live in that if Alabama went, you know, goes 12 and one, wins the SEC championship, is nine and zero in the league, and beats a Georgia team that's a two-time defending national champion and will have won 29 straight games and broken Alabama's 28 game winning streak in the SEC uh, in Atlanta. There's no world that I live in that Alabama won't be in the playoff. That's all I'm going to say about it. If that scenario plays out, Alabama's yeah. in the playoff. I don't, you know, Barry asked me, well, who do they jump? Well, I don't care if they jump Florida State. I don't care if they te- jump Texas. I don't care who they. Jump. Jump. Yeah. They're going to jump somebody because yeah. you're not leaving Alabama out with that resume. I can tell you that right now. No, you're not. And Kennington made that point too on Martin's show this morning, uh, and I, I agree with him 100. percent He's totally right. Yeah. But that's my that's my top five right now: Georgia, Alabama, um, uh, and then Ohio State. Well, I pay attention. I pay attention to what you say after you pegged Missouri. No, they're not going to make it to Atlanta, but they have had a heck of a no. year, and they wore Tennessee out on Saturday. So that was a for you to make that call back in the preseason. That was a pretty smart. Uh, that was a pretty smart call right there, buddy. Well, thanks for taking my call on this. All right, Appreciate Phil. You, thank man. you. All right, nine thirty-one. We got to get the break. We're coming back with Rodney Orr from TitanInsider.com next, right here on the Gary Harris Show. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. Alabama Crimson Tide lives right here. Down on the pylon. Touchdown, Alabama. On Tide 100.9. TiderInsider.com, TiderInsider TV, his, uh, his regular Monday morning visit to break down Crimson Tide football. Also going to dive into a little recruiting, and uh, that's uh, a topic that uh – we, we share often too, cause, you know, that's where it all starts. And, and Nick Saban continues to, to, uh, do big things on the recruiting trail, do big things on the football field. Good morning, Rodney. Good morning. How are you, Gary? Well, there were a lot of doubters uh, in regards to this team coming out of the, uh, Texas and South Florida games. I was one of them. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I certainly didn't think the season was over and I did not give up, but I thought, wow, it's going to be hard for them to navigate through this SEC schedule. And I thought that they would lose at Texas A&M, but you know, this team, all it's done is, is just go ahead and clinch the SEC West Rodney uh, with a couple games to go. Uh, so uh, 49-21 over Kentucky and Lexington on a Saturday afternoon at Kroger Field. What would you see? 
Well, first of all, I'll say uh, it's funny because you brought that up about South Florida because I was thinking before you called, I said, man, that South Florida game seems like seasons ago. You know, I mean, just the way this team has come, how far they've come since then. And, uh, you know, and, and just kind of the mood of, of the whole program. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm talking about, you know, tighterinsider.com. I mean, it was a, it was a debacle back in, uh, you know, September when after the loss to Texas and then the performance against South Florida and just the way this team has developed over the last several weeks is, is really an incredible story to me. I, I don't think I've seen a quarterback take steps, uh, that Jalen Milrose made this quickly, you know, over a shorter period of time. Again, I understand there's a process to it, and sometimes, you know, you hit a spurt. He's hit a real spurt. Uh, so it's been incredible. I, I think the way he started in that game against uh, Kentucky was, was you know, just fantastic. Um, you know, and uh, it, it, it's uh, – uh, the the way they are having success on third downs now mm-hmm. is oh, pretty phenomenal. The, yeah. the last two games, they're 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 seventy two percent converting third downs. Uh, that's a big part of that is is the quarterback play. You know, making the right decisions, the right choices, and all those things. That's one thing that stands out to me. I think defensively, you know, they've been you know just really good most of the year, and they continue to show that on uh, on Saturday. You know, there were some mistakes. Obviously, I thought. They had all the momentum going, and then Kool-Aid, you know, uh, doesn't field the ball, uh, turns it over there. That kind of hurt them a little bit. But they rebounded and played extremely well. Now you've got a lot of opportunities coming up here down the stretch. Yeah, you hold, uh, and defensively too, 444 total yards. Milrow accounts for six touchdowns, three rushing, uh, three, uh, throwing. And, and yet you hold Kentucky to 253. And, and remember, hey, listen, it counts. I get it. But that includes yeah. that long run that the backup, uh, you know, running back busted off there late in the game against the second team defense. I mean, um, you know, they scored that one touchdown, as you said, on a short field, but you know, I don't want to forget the defense and, and with all the improvement of the offense, the defense has been pretty consistent all season long, hasn't it, Roddy? Mm, yeah. 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 That 60 yard run, they'd have been under 300 yards. I mean, I'm sorry, under 200 yes, yards. Mm-hmm. You know, had, had that not happened, it did, but, um, so yeah, no, the defense has played extremely well. And again, I'm, I think Kevin Steele is a, a big part of that. And, uh, you know, they've done a great job coaching defensively. And, you know, these players, they, they defensively, they seem to be in position. There's not a lot of uh, – it doesn't seem to be a lot of – when there are issues, communication issues, whatever, guys out of position, they seem to get it cleaned up pretty quickly. You know, it's not something that you see for uh, – that, that, that kind of uh, haunts them a whole game. I mean, they make adjustments, whatever it is. So, yeah, defensively, um, I think we see some of the Alabama that we used to see, but, you know, maybe a few years ago. Um, so, but again, I, I think this week coming up here against Chattanooga, I see a team right now with Alabama is, yeah, they've made a tremendous amount of improvement, but I still see a lot of improvement and a lot of growth that they can make. I mean, I just think with Milrow especially, you know, he's just kind of starting to, 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 touch the tip of the iceberg and what he can do and then also i think you know it goes for every position to be honest with you i mean i just think there's so much growth i think the attitude is is good the chemistry is mm-hmm. good uh but they've got to get some things cleaned up they've got to play consistently if they want to you know uh, have opportunities to win some of these games down the road we know about auburn down there and we know about obviously uh, georgia but i think this game 
Chattanooga is a, a great week to continue to say, hey, this is a week where we want to improve. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, Rodney. I'm glad you, you you brought that up because I I said the same thing on social media Saturday when I did a post about you know there's still a lot out there for this team obviously to accomplish, but also in terms of room for improvement. And and you referenced uh, you know it was 21 to nothing before you got in your chair. Good Kentucky had not had a first down, another three and out. They're about to punt the ball back to Alabama. I had visions of one of these 35 nothing, 42 nothing halftime games the way we used to have a few years ago. But I talked to a former player last night and he said, well, yeah, that that's fun for the fans. But he said, let me tell you, man, it, or, it couldn't have worked out better than it did for Saban and the coaching staff because they won the game comfortably. But at the same time, there were enough mistakes, as you alluded to, Rodney, that they got some real good coaching points. He said, sometimes coaches worry if it comes too easy uh, that the team feels like we've arrived. He said, that's not the case, even though they won it, you know, lopsided in terms of the score there were a lot of mistakes in that game uh, as you alluded to right that they can work on this week and continue to push this team going forward yeah i remember a former coach assistant coach here saying once that you know uh there was some complaining going on about an opening game performance and he said oh no 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 this is just the way nick saban wants it because he can you know he wants everyone's attention he wants to be able to point out areas where Hey, we've got a long season. We've got a lot of improvement to make. And, uh, so I think he uses those as opportunities to, to teach and to show, uh, these guys, Hey, look, you know what? We've got to be able to improve these things. So we're going to have, so we have a chance to be successful in the future when, when some key games coming up. So, uh, and, and the, just the development of it, you know, and again, you're right. I think it is easy to kind of get in that trap of, Hey, we've arrived. Uh, but you know, you look at this team, and you know they haven't arrived. Again, they've made a, they made a lot of mistakes in this last game uh, that could hurt them in a, in another game. Uh, but so hopefully they'll use those and continue to grow. And, I, and like I said, I can't I can't say enough about I really like the attitude of this team. I, I like their approach, um, and I like the leadership. I, I think Jalen Milrow is. I just can't really credit him enough with some of the things he's brought to to the team over the last six weeks. Yeah, let's continue to talk about that because he accounts for six touchdowns. He runs for three, throws for three. Uh, that's a lot of touchdowns in one game. And early on, he just was perfect. I mean, um, you know, until the little momentum switch there with the with the muff punt, uh, he was doing – even the, the one really glaring mistake that he made when he um, – he could have, should have just went out of bounds here, like Saban said, punt the football back. Instead, he tried to throw back across his body, but he was looking downfield trying to make a play. I, I guess the thing that I've noticed so much from him is how, I don't know if you just say his vision is improved, but his ability to spot receivers, not only spot them, but of course deliver the ball to them, but um, you're right. He's come a long way in just terms of his ability to scan the field, go through these progressions, and and really matured as as a passer. And now they're integrating the run game as well. And, and, and the, Rodney, here's what I said to somebody yesterday. I said, yeah, you can, you can, you can, when you're a fan of a school, you point out the flaws. But can you imagine if you're another team's defensive coordinator and you're preparing to face Jalen Milrow? I mean, that's got to be a nightmare to some degree. Oh, no doubt. You know, and I think that throw that he made that was intercepted, that's great that it happened because uh, next time when that happens, he'll think twice. Mm-hmm. He'll remember that. That's the one thing about him is. Uh, he, he, he has improved because he's overcoming mistakes. He's, he's learning from his mistakes, you know, the things that he did. And, you know, uh, it's, it's just been a, a great process to, to watch. But you're right. I think that, you know, Urban Meyer said last week, and I, I think Urban Meyer is one of the, 
he may be the premier or certainly he's right there with Nick Saban in terms of just talent evaluation right. and, you know, those types of things. And when he referred to Jalen Milrow as the Reggie Bush, Percy Harvin of this college football season Jeez. in terms of his athleticism, uh, you know, that was that that got my attention, you know. But, Gary, hey, let's go back now. Let's go back a little bit, a couple of th- two or three years ago when he first got here. What did we talk about on Tider Insider TV? You know, the things we were hearing from inside the, the building were that he was a Lamar Jackson type athlete. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and people laughed and they scuffed at that a little bit. But uh, that look, we're seeing that now. We're starting to see that come to fruition. And I think, too, and here's what a lot of people, first of all, quarterback's a highly developmental position, as you know. You know, in high school, he did not play in a passing offense. He was a great athlete who was really never taught. They used the athleticism right. and didn't really develop him as a passer. He didn't play in these seven-on-sevens and all this stuff as much as somebody. He didn't come up, you know, necessarily in that way. And he wanted to be developed as a passer. And I really admire his his willingness to make those adjustments because he knew what he needed to do. He knew he had this ability to run, uh, but he wanted to become a passer first and then rely on his, you know, his running skills. So I think all of those things, I mean, I just think all of those things have contributed to, to his growth and where he is right now. Well, and, and look, let me say this too, Tommy Reese, all sure. those people that were after Tommy Reese, uh, you know, there was a lot, again, I, I think there was a lot of, okay, trying to find out exactly how this was all going to fit together. You had an offensive line that was struggling, that was being developed. You had some receivers that even though they were playing pretty well, there was you're still trying to get on the same page. You're still trying to make things mesh. And, and you know, Tommy Reese is learning a lot of things about Jalen Milrow at the time. And, and Milrow's, you know, in the process, process of his own growing experience. So all of those things, I think, contributed – uh, to, to maybe not being where everyone hoped they would be in, uh, initially, but you see how they've progressed. And I think a lot of that, you have to really, you know, kind of give Tommy Reese a lot of credit for that. Rodney, he did take that uh, early in the game. He took that helmet right in the thigh. And Jordan Rogers, the color analyst who played quarterback at Vanderbilt, was talking about he'd had that same injury. He said, man, it hurts. And, and Jalen told the, uh, you know, the, the reporter after the game on ESPN, she said, how does it feel? He said, he said well, it hurts. So uh, I assume he's going to have a big bruise there probably. Of course, obviously, the Alabama medical team is, is outstanding. But that's probably another read. Not probably. It's another good opportunity with Chattanooga coming in. I'm sure he's going to want to play some. But it is, um, you know, they don't have to play him long. And it'll be an opportunity for Ty Simpson to get some more reps, who I thought came in in the Kentucky game and looked looked uh you know, really good and, and, and played well, uh, himself. And you, you know how it is. You're one play away from being the quarterback. So a good opportunity maybe Saturday to get Ty Simpson some more reps too. Yeah. You know, I know Milrow. He's going to want to play. I mean, there's no doubt. I, I don't think this, you know, his injury, he shook it off, man. I mean, that's toughness right there. I, I, again, I just can't say enough for his, 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 uh, determination. And, and desire to, to, to succeed in all of these things. I mean, we, we're seeing that. He's exuding these things, I think. Uh, and then as far as Ty Simpson's concerned, I mean, I thought I sensed in Ty something that I saw uh, and talked about with various people uh, back when he was in high school. 
Uh, Ty seems to be developing himself. I mean, there's a sense of much more confidence. I like this body language, uh, you know, in this game, the, the opportunity. And, again, I understand it was late and, and all of that, but he made some really decisive throws. I mean, he made a great scramble. Uh, he, he lobbed that ball perfectly uh, to Kitzelman. Uh, wasn't there a penalty? I think they called the pass interference on, on Cole Adams on that play. But, uh, I mean, I could just see a different Ty Simpson, too. So I think this has been a great opportunity for Ty. He, he, he wasn't ready. We talked about that. I mean, you could tell just watching him, uh, you know, and hearing some things that we heard from the practices, uh, whether it was in August or, or even into the season that, you know, okay, Ty's got these tools, but, uh, you know, he's just not quite mature enough. He's not there yet. But I think we're starting to see that. So that bodes well for the future. They're going to have a really talented quarterback room. Uh, they already do, but they're going to have a, uh, an extremely talented quarterback room as you look to the future. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. All right, we're getting short on time, Rod. And I want to ask you about recruiting in just a moment. But to go ahead and clinch the West, and I know what looms. You know, Alabama's got to go to Jordan-Hare, and, and we know how, how tough that, that is. But do you think... What are your thoughts? I, I, you know, a lot of people would say, well, if you had to beat Auburn to decide the West, you know, it gives you all that extra incentive. I'm glad they've wrapped it up. I, I think it, it will relax them a little bit. You still have to go play well. You still have to win the game. But, you know, Alabama's gone there, there before with the West Division on the line, and it's a lot of extra pressure. Now they, they're going to Atlanta regardless to play for an SEC championship. I think maybe it just frees them up a little bit. What, what are your thoughts on that when they play the Iron Bowl? Yeah, you know, I haven't thought about it that much yet, uh, but I do think, uh, like I see the things that are coming through with this team and the way they're developing and the again, the, the mindset. You know, I just think that they're gonna they're really really uh, focused. Um, you know, and and I think they've got a vision of what they want to achieve, and I think that they're doing everything they can uh, in the in the way they're kind of handling themselves. Uh, so, I mean, that's the real thing when you go down there. You know, they've been to Texas A&M, and that was a pretty, uh, you know, that, that that atmosphere there was a real challenge for them and just the way they overcame it. And, and uh, people kind of, look, Auburn gets on these rolls, you know. They get on the, when they start winning a few games and they start getting all the emotion there, it's going to be a really hyped up, <laughs> it's going to be a hyped up atmosphere uh, you know, especially now with Hugh Freeze in his first year, and they're looking to really turn it around under him. So it's going to be a real challenge down there. But, but you know, I, I do like this team. I like the the way I think that the maturity is kind of developing with this team. So uh, that'll be a great, great challenge for them, obviously. Um, and then, you know, I guess we'll talk about Georgia later. But, uh, you know, they're playing at an extremely high level. I mean, they look extremely good right now. I mean, the way they just – physically beat Ole Miss, you know, and they can do so many things. So that's probably right now, Gary, is that if Alabama can, you know, take care of business uh, to that game, that's going to be, to me, that's probably going to be the game of the year. Yep, I hear you. All right, uh, recruiting, it never ends, and that's one reason Alabama has built a program that, it, you know, it's it's been built under Nick Saban. It's the main reason, and it, he just never stops. 2025 is coming around, uh, you know, trying to get this 2024 class in the, in the books, but off to a really good start in 2025, and yesterday – Zion Grady, edge rusher out of Charles Henderson High School in Troy, uh, rated by some as a five-star and the top edge rusher in the class of 2025, uh, chooses Alabama over the likes of Auburn, Georgia, and Florida State. Big, big pickup for the Crimson Tide. Mm-hmm. You know, you're right. He's a He's got all the tools. 
great pass rusher, got the frame, got the height, all of those things. He's very seems to be decisive in his decision. Um, so I think it's obviously any time a five-star player in the state. Um, you know, I'll tell you this too, Gary. You look at this 2025 class, I think some of these recruiting networks now have bumped them up to number one in the country right now. So it's a great start for this class, okay, and, and Zion Grady adds to that. But I'll tell you something else that's, that's kind of interesting so far, uh, and I know you'll like this, is that really out of their commitments right now, and, and I'm, I'm looking at it to make sure I'm right, uh, I count uh, five, one, five that are Alabama, from the state of Alabama. So I just wanted to make sure of that. Now, Anthony Rogers is, is in Bradenton, Florida at IMG Academy, but he's, he's an Alabama guy. Right. He's from you know, he was down in the Montgomery area, Pike Road. Uh, but uh, so um, I, I'll just say this. I, I think that, uh, you know, obviously they've gotten off to a great start and they're, they're getting some, some Alabama kids. So that's a that's a, a tremendous start to this 2025 class. Absolutely. It, it really, really is. All right, Rodney, we got to get to the break. But one just uh, uh, one final question I want to ask you. Um, you look at Saban at 72, he does, not that he's not, I don't want to say re-energized because the guy's not ever not been energized, but he's made it clear to point out how much fun he's had coaching this team. And why it can be stressful watching this team, I think most of the fans are coming around too, that to watch a team that was not a finished product and not expected to win the national championship and you know, after three games, a lot of people had written him off to get to this point. I, I think he he would never say, I told you so, but I think he's enjoyed, too, uh, knowing that there are folks that counted the team out and him out. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah. I think it started at the end of last year. I think it started in the Ole Miss game last year. Um, I, I thought that was one of the key games that since he's been here, to be honest with you, because uh, after they lost LSU, if they had lost that game, uh, it would have really started rolling in a negative direction. But they won that game. They found a way to go 11-2, and two, finish strong. And then the way they've kind of recovered this season. And so, um, <clears throat> no, I think he's turned things around. He's gotten things. They might have been, I don't want to say headed in the wrong direction, but I, I think there were some things that needed to be changed. And he made some changes that, that's got this program now rejuvenated. Rejuvenated. It's like you said, they're re-energized. Uh, I even sensed it in the LSU game among the fans. You know, I mean, the fans had become a kind of ho hum to winning. I mean, because you win so much, you know. Mm -hmm. And and I think you know when people start counting counting them out, counting Alabama out. Uh, I think you even see the way the fans responded against LSU. So. Uh, yeah, I think the whole program is kind of in a state of rejuvenation right now. And I know the board is, uh, you know, they're always emotional, but not right now emotions are pretty positive, I'm sure. To, uh, you know, word about TiderInsider.com. Uh, yeah, it's only $48 a year, TiderInsider.com. You can get instant access with your credit card if you prefer. There is an address there to send a check, and it gives you all of our information, premium information, but also our all-sports forum, which you're talking about. There are a community of Alabama fans, which has uh, been rolling. For 27 plus years now, Gary, been rolling nonstop. So, uh, if you want to join it, it's tighterinsider.com. Thanks, Rod. All right, buddy. Thank you. All right, we'll be back to wrap up the first hour of the Gary Harris Show right after this on Tide 100.9 FM and 12:30 AM WTBC. 
Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. Partly to mostly sunny today with a high around 70. Tonight, increasingly cloudy below 49. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy. The better chance of rain will be south of here, the high 65. Wednesday, cloudy and cool. Rain likely at times, the high 59. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 60 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Oh, my Alabama Sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. 58, we got to wrap it up quick. This hour has been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union, member-owned and not-for-profit system better way banking. Second hour, we'll have Casey Smith on golf at 1030. Plenty of time for phone calls. We'll hear from Coach Saban following Saturday's win over Kentucky. And also Ross Bjork, Texas A&M AD, explains why... Uh, the university decided to make a move on Jimbo Fisher now. All that coming up in the second hour. Gary Harris, Noah Haynes. More coming up right here on The Gary Harris Show. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Nick Cope. On Sunday Night Football, the Raiders finished the game on a 13-3 run to knock off the Jets, 16-12 in Las Vegas. Josh Jacobs ran for 116 yards as the Raiders moved to 2-0 under interim coach Antonio Pierce. Aaron Rodgers told NBC that his goal is to return from his Achilles injury in mid-December. On Sunday, we saw five walk-off game-winning field goals, the most on a single day in NFL history. The Seahawks, Lions, Texans, Cardinals, and Browns all getting wins at the buzzer. In the NBA, the Sixers beat the Pacers 137-126 as Tyrese Maxey dropped a career-high 50 points. In college football, Mississippi State has fired first-year coach Zach Arnett. He becomes the third FBS coach to be fired this season. And San Diego State coach Brady Hoke announced that he will return Tire at the end of this season. Always live. Always local. Dependable news coverage. The latest news only from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. Bissa Pinchotti runs the National Military Family Association, a group that represents military families. She says Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville's hold on military promotions over the Pentagon's abortion policy is putting national security at risk. Tuberville disagrees. A statewide no-burn order still in effect after a half-inch to an inch of rain over West Alabama over the weekend. More rain expected beginning tomorrow. And Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M, Zach Arnett, and Mississippi State have been fired as Southeastern Conference football coaches. It's local news in Tuscaloosa. Hey, Alabama sports updates. And severe weather information. Download the free Tuscaloosa Threat app. Never pay for your news. And sign up for our daily newsletter with news updates. 
The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hour number two of the Gary Harris Show is on the air right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. I'm your host, Gary Harris. i got Noah Haynes helping me out this morning here on the program, taking your phone calls on the First Domain Condominiums hotline at 205-342-9904-1030. Casey Smith on golf. We're also going to hear from Nick Saban. Some of the clips following the uh, win over Kentucky, 49-21, that clinched the SEC West on Saturday in Lexington, as well as Ross Bjork, uh, AD at Texas A&M, announcing yesterday that Jimbo Fisher is out as head coach of the Aggies. They're going to give him 78 million cool million to go away. Mm, man, should have been a coach. And Jack Arnett didn't even get through one full season at uh, Mississippi State. He's out as well at Starkville. No word on Sam Pittman, but there's I talked to some people that uh, are in Arkansas yesterday, and they're expecting that he's not going to be brought back either. But we'll keep you up to date on Ooh. that. So, yeah, man, it's it's the firing season. All right, let's jump out on the First of Maine Condos hotline. And Lewis is uh, waiting to chat with us, uh, one of our great callers and listeners. Hey, Lewis, good morning. Hey, Gary. Uh, you know, I love the show. It was a great weekend for the Tide. Uh, and uh, after the way Tennessee fans acted last year, the ball's in tears after that Missouri game. Uh, too bad. I loved it. It was it was a beat down. Um, but anyway, here's what I was my question, Gary. Um, you know, I would guess a third of the NFL teams, if not close to half, are not happy about their quarterback play it seems like if you're not one of the upper echelon quarterbacks there's been a struggle of course injuries are part of that and i think some of these general managers are looking at philly and going you know jalen hurt has developed year after year to get better as a passer and and with his wheels he's dangerous look how good they've done the last couple of years Mm -hmm. and i know uh, uh jalen milrow is um uh, red shirt sophomore, if I'm right. This is his third year. If he finishes strong this year, do you think there's any chance he goes ahead and, and looks at the draft? I sure want to have him next year, but I'm going to hang up, listen, Gary, so I can hear you better. So yeah. roll tide. Love the show. Yeah, Lewis, thank you. It's a great question, and, and it's one that I've been posed before. Um, yeah, I think it's a possibility. If, if he continues this upward trajectory that he's on, and he finishes out this season playing great. He is a third-year sophomore, as you alluded to. He is draft eligible. Let's just say, okay, for the purposes of would he consider going to the NFL, let's say that they win the next two games. They're 11-1. and one. They go to um, Atlanta. They knock off 12-0 and 0 Georgia, snap a, a what would then, I think, be a 29-game winning streak for the Dogs uh, to go 12-1, and 1, win the SEC championship, go into the college football playoff, Win two games and win the national championship. Okay. And wind up going 14 and one national champion. He has led them there. He's played great. Um, yeah, I think there's a possibility then that, you know, he says, man, you know, my stock's at an all time high. Uh, he's, he's on the consciousness of all the NFL scouts and coaches because of what he just accomplished. They see what he can do physically. They see how he's improved as a passer. Yeah. I could see a scenario where he says, my stock is never going to be higher than it is right now. And he goes to the NFL draft. That could happen with the way he's playing. Now, 
Let's say that doesn't happen. Let's say that Alabama beats Chattanooga, they beat Auburn, they lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game, they go to a really good bowl game, uh, but they don't reach their goals. And, you know, maybe he plays well, but, he, you know, they're, they're not in the playoff. And he says, I need to come back for another year. I, first of all, I want to help my team win a national championship. We're going to be really good next year. Number two, he says, I need to get better. I need to improve. I still need, you know, so I see either scenario playing out. But I, I do see that there could be a possibility that, yeah, he goes on and goes to the draft. Now, could you, the number one scenario, could he win the national championship and still come back? Yes. Could he not win the national championship and still go to the draft? Yes. But I think that's kind of the way I would see it. Best case scenario for him to go to the draft, I think, would be Alabama getting into the football, college football playoff, you know, making a run. He plays really well. And, you know, people were telling him, hey, man, you're going to be a, you know, Jalen wasn't a, Jalen Hurts was not a first-round pick. He was a second-round pick. But people say maybe you're going to be a, you know, a second-round pick. But, you know, there's a lot of hype for you right now in the draft. Or maybe somebody says, man, listen, you're projected as a as a late first-round pick. Or you're projected as a mid-first-round pick. And, you know, if you're going to be projected as a first-rounder, then you probably have to go ahead and go. So I could see either <clears> – <throat> I could I see either scenario playing out. But I will say this. Again, it's an amazing testament to what he's done this year that early in the year, a lot of fans were calling me on this show and saying he couldn't even play at Alabama. He needs to transfer. He needs to go somewhere where he can play. If he's the quarterback, they're going to lose four or five or six games. I remember Joseph calling in, knowing you remember this well, too, said if Jalen Milrow is the quarterback, Alabama's got no shot. No shot. And he wasn't the only one. So for him to have, you know, reversed the narrative from he can't even play at Alabama and you're going to lose a bunch of games if he's your quarterback, too, we're talking about the possibility of him going to the draft. Again, it just tells you what this young man has accomplished (laughs) and how good he has been. Because he's been really good now. He's been really good. And he needs to continue to play well because Alabama's got bigger fish to fry, so to speak, in regards to what they want to do this season. And it all starts with whether we like it or not, it starts with Chattanooga. Okay, I understand Alabama's going to win that game. But, you know, in terms of playing well, continuing to, to build momentum, and then a week from Saturday, it's going to be a tough one. I, you know, Auburn's, Auburn's not a great team. But they're playing well. They've won three in a row. And they're going to be at home. And we know right now the Iron Bowl, when it's in Tuscaloosa, it's usually a lopsided game. But when it's at Auburn, um, Auburn won it in 17. They won it in 19. It went right down to the, you know, what was it, two or three overtimes. And Alabama had to go 98 yards in the final minute plus with Bryce Young to win the 21 game. Alabama won in 15. They got kicked sixth in 13. They won in 11. They won in 09. They lost Saban's first year down there in 07. So it's uh, when Alabama goes to play Auburn down there, you know, it's, it really is anybody's game. So uh, there's a lot still to do. But, no, Lewis, it's a great question. I think it's a possibility that Jalen Milrow could go on to the draft. But I don't think it is a certainty. But let's just enjoy this ride. And, and man, I tell you this, if, as I said, if he plays really well enough for Alabama to get into the playoff and let's say win the national championship, what a heck of a way to go out. I don't think anybody would resent him then going on to the National Football League. But uh, 
Good question. All right, it is uh, 10-11 here on the Gary Harris Show. And uh, no, I did not because we jumped right in there with Lewis. I do need to do the second-hour sponsor real quick. Patterson Comer, Attorneys at Law. Paul Patterson and Mike Comer, they do it right. What I mean by that is, yeah, any attorney that, that takes your case is going to try to win for you. I don't have to tell you that. I mean, obviously, they don't get paid unless you get paid. So uh, I'm not saying there aren't other attorneys that won't represent you. But if you live in West Alabama... I think you need to be represented by two attorneys that live in West Alabama. That's Paul Patterson and Mike Comer. Paul Patterson's in Tuscaloosa, 205-345-1000. Mike's in Northport, 205-759-3939. Toll free from anywhere, 866-507-9091. Personal injury attorneys that are right here, feet on the ground. So in other words, when you have a consultation with them, you're going to do it in person, in the office, eyeball to eyeball. If they take your case, they're going to be with you all the way. Yes, even if you have to go to court. You don't always get that. You see an ad on television for an 800 attorney and you call that phone number, you might not ever meet an attorney face-to-face. You, They take your case. They settle it. The first offer that the insurance company makes, yeah, you get a little money out of it, but not what you deserve. Patterson Comer, attorneys at law, are about getting you what you deserve. Again, Paul's in Tuscaloosa, 205-345-1000. Mike's in Northport, 205-759-3939. Or call toll-free from anywhere, 866-507-9091. PattersonComerLawFirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. All right, it is 10-13. We're going to get to the break. And when we come back on the other side, I see we got a phone call getting ready to go here on the First Domain Condos hotline. Also, uh, we're going to hear from Ross Bjork, Texas A&M AD, on the decision to let go of Jimbo Fisher. That's coming up next right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Deer hunting season 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. Partly to mostly sunny today with a high around 70. Tonight, increasingly cloudy, the low 49. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy. The better chance of rain will be south of here, the high 65. Wednesday, cloudy and cool. Rain likely at times, the high 59. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 62 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Never miss a moment of the action. Download the free Tide 100.9 app today. All right, 1016, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Hey, the YMCA of Tuscaloosa has a lot going on, and uh, I'm telling you right now, you need to be aware of what they have going on. Because in addition to just a place where you can get fit, I'll be working out over there today at 1130 after my radio show. Listen to all some of the things they got happening. New high-speed Wi-Fi internet has already been installed. Coming next Monday, November 20th, brand new cardio equipment. Individual TV screens, on-demand fitness programming, streaming and Bluetooth capability. And the YMCA Community Open Doors Wellness Week is set for November 27th to December the 2nd. It will be free to the community all week. 
all week long that week. You can go by the Y and work out, visit, do whatever you want to do. There'll be seminars, special events, special classes. And uh, it's a great opportunity to experience the Y to see if you want to join. So, And don't forget uh, the annual Rudolph Run 8K Saturday, December the 2nd. So the YMCA of Tuscaloosa has got it going on. 2300 13th Street, 205-345-9622, ymcatuscaloosa.org. All right, let's jump out on the first domain condos hotline and welcome Jim into the program. Good morning, Jim. Hey, as far as Milrow going to the pros, you know, I, you know what Bryce Young season's going like may not help him, I mean. You know, Bryce Young was uh, years ahead of him for, you know, playing. And um, I think he'd come back another year. Well, he may very well. I'm just saying if he, if he continues to play like he's playing and Alabama, um, you know, reaches reaches his goals, you know, it, it's something I think he would certainly look at. But, you know, we'll just have to wait to see. And there's a lot of football to be played regardless before we get to that point. Yeah. Now, the other thing is now – I, you know, running out of time, a few weeks left, but Alabama's, they've, they've got to move up from eight to, I mean, I'm worried, you know, with Ohio State number one right now, and they play Minnesota at home, they're not going to lose. If they lose a close game to Michigan, and they're ranked number one, and still in the coach, uh, in the, um, rankings, I don't, I don't think they fall that, fall that far. I mean, if Alabama certainly is not going to pass them. Now, they may pass them once they win the SEC, but, Texas got to lose. I don't think Alabama the right. Well, all, I'm, all I'm saying, Jim, Texas. is what I've said the whole time. You know, you're right. There's a lot's going to happen. Ohio State and Michigan are going to play each other. Uh, it, it, the world that I live in does not include a 12-1 and Alabama beating Georgia in the SEC championship game and not getting in the playoff. That's all that I'm saying. Uh, you know, I, I just don't see whether it's jumping Florida State, whether it's jumping a one-loss Texas or whoever it has to be. I'm, I'm – and, and if I'm wrong, I'll say I'm wrong. And first of all, Alabama's got to win three more games. But if Alabama's oh, yeah. 12 and one and beats Georgia in the SEC championship game after Georgia's won 29 in a row and is a two-time defending national champion, you're not going to tell me that Alabama's not going to be in that playoff. I'm not going to believe it yeah, until well, I see I mean, it. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope you're right. But from what, what logic I'm looking at it is that they're not going to jump Texas if Texas wins out because Texas beat them on their home field, and 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 they and if they were going to let Alabama jump Texas, it would have been when Texas went to overtime. And Alabama beat LSU, and they still didn't jump them. So they're right on the wall. They're not going to jump Texas unless Texas loses. All right, another thing, if FSU goes undefeated, Washington undefeated, Ohio State or Michigan undefeated, that would be your four the way I'm thinking. I would hope you're right, but I'm not sure. Well, why you know, you why, why, why couldn't you jump year. Florida State? Are you going to tell me an undefeated champion in that, in that week, that, that week, and I'm not going to say – ASS league, but in that weak league, uh, an unbeaten Florida State would, would trump a 12 and 1 Alabama in the SEC. The conference has dominated college football for the last 20 years and just beat a team that hadn't lost in two years. So, uh, uh, I'm not buying it. Why okay, okay. okay. here's State? what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. It's going to be the rankings before that championship game. If Alabama is stuck at number eight still, or, boy, they, if they're stuck at number well, eight, they're not going to be so, number eight if they win. If they win okay, out, but they may only be number six at the most. I mean, I mean, yeah. Or, um, championship week, Oregon or Washington is going to lose. I mean, to each other, you'd probably be better to have Washington win. Well, the final Oregon rankings aren't coming out, Jim, until the Sunday after the SEC cha- uh, the conference championship games. That's when the final. Oh yeah, rankings yeah. Come I'm out. talking about the I'm talking about the position they're in before the fi- the. Well, who cares what position they're in before? If they beat Georgia well, because, and go twelve and one, the, they're going to the college football playoff, in my opinion. And you're not going to convince me otherwise. I, okay, here's, here's what here's where it matters because the further you're behind, is the more justification it's going to take 
delete four or five teams to get up there. They need to be closer before. Well, they'll be closer week. because they're not. If they win, if they win the next two weeks, oh, the loser of Michigan and Ohio State is not going to go ahead of Alabama if Alabama uh, okay. continues to move up. So, I, I mean, I again, you got a right to your opinion. I got a right to mine. But you're you're doing what is, could is, and should is, and maybe you're right. And if the if Alabama goes twelve and one on that Sunday, doesn't make the playoff, you call me on that Monday, and I'll say I was a hundred percent wrong. I don't see it, Jim. I don't see I, Alabama I, being twelve and one and beating Georgia and going nine and zero in the SEC and not being in that playoff. I don't care what scenario okay, you lay out. Okay, okay, okay. Here's the scenario I'm looking at: going into championships, going into that um, rivalry weekend. It's just like it is right now. They're eight. Everybody in front of them is one. Okay. All right. Ohio State loses a close game to Michigan at Michigan. Now remember, they're still if they're number one with the, the, the um. A committee, you know, um, rankings like they have them now. I don't see Alabama, especially when a close game against Auburn. I don't see Alabama jumping from number eight and jumping to Ohio State at number one when Ohio State lost to the number three team in a close game on the road. That's what I'm saying. They have to get up some more before that before the conference championships, or it's going to really make it difficult. Well, it may, and I may be wrong, oh. and I hope you're right. I mean, Oregon State has a chance to beat Washington at home. I mean, we know Washington has no offense. I mean, no I, I, but, you know, but again, I'm going to say what I just said, and you don't seem to put any weight in this. You're talking about the conference that's dominated do. the college football playoff for the last 15 years. Has dominated it. Is the number one conference yeah. in the country, and I don't care how much they try to pop, prop up the Pac-12 or whatever. It's just like I said, you know, last week. And, and going to Penn State is a nice win for Michigan. I don't want to say otherwise. But who would you rather play, Penn State or LSU? Give me a break. I, I agree. I agree with you. But we're talking about the committee. The committee that did everything they possibly could do last year to keep Alabama out. Uh, you know, when they should have been in, they did everything they could. I mean, Texas, um, TCU lost their championship game, and it was number three, and it didn't move anywhere. Also, another thing you're not taking into could've... account is Greg Sankey. You're not, I'm not trying to argue with you, Jim. I'm just saying you're, you're hell-bent on Alabama's not going to get in even if they went out. And I'm going to say otherwise. Well, you're going to tell me there's going to be a college football playoff this year without an SEC team? That's what you're saying. Because if Alabama no, beats I'm Georgia, saying, you're saying Georgia's not going either. What I'm saying is come championship weekend, if Alabama is not any closer to number eight, then, you know, you better pray because it's going to depend how who blows who out or how close games are that weekend, whether they can jump from eight, you know, up to the number four spot. Well, first of all, you got to win your own games. You know, if Alabama doesn't win the next three, it doesn't matter anyway. It's a moot point. And, you know, because Barry Sanderson is in the same camp that you're in. He says if they go 12-1 and one and some of this stuff doesn't happen, they're not going to go. I just don't believe that. I mean, I and, and I, I understand so, what you're saying about this and that. And, and I, I, I hope you're right. I, I hope you're right. I'm just but saying I that I, I think when it plays out, if you're, you know, all I'm saying is you're not in the world I live in. Twelve and one Alabama that went nine and zero in the SEC and beat the team that's won back to back national championships and won twenty nine in a row. You're going to keep them out? I, I, well, don't, I don't see it. I don't care what scenario has to play out. I don't okay, see it. If nobody else loses, I mean, Washington, all of them, would, they'd have to jump one of three. Well, I just think, in my opinion, in my world, they jump them. That's all I'm telling you. I, I you know, you're, I, I understand what you're saying, but I'm looking at the finished picture. And all I can focus on is if Alabama's 12 and 1 and just went 9 and 0 in the SEC and just beat the team that has won back to back national championships and hadn't lost in 29 games and you're going to keep them out. Uh-uh. I, I don't see it. I don't care what scenario you give me. I'm not going to agree with you. 
You know, they beat LSU at home, didn't go anywhere. They ain't tipped away is what I'm saying. I get that. that. I understand what you're saying. What I'm telling you is I'm looking at the big picture. I believe if Alabama's 12-1 and and beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, they're going to the playoff. That's what I believe. I'm looking at the big picture, too. I think the committee's sitting back there going, you know, as long as Alabama's number eight, we don't move them up, let them jump anybody yet. We're going to have easy justification for them not to jump undefeated teams in the final rankings. That's what I'm saying. It's like it was almost like the committee looking ahead, just like you're looking ahead. What could happen? And I'm thinking they're like because they're not letting Alabama get any closer. I mean, they're they're set on not letting Alabama move up. And so I just think to me that's the message from the committee behind closed doors. Like, okay, now, Bama's not getting in again this year. If we got three undefeated conference champions and Texas who beat them. Well, then what you're so saying we, is got, then what you're saying is that the, then the committee's got some alternate agenda that they're not trying to get the four best teams in. And don't think they don't think they did last year. I, you I, think they had, well, Alabama wasn't going to go last year with two losses, man. Give me a break. Well, I mean, why they, not? They had two losses. They didn't even win their win their division. I, I listen. I thought they were one of the four best teams too, but they had two losses and they didn't make it well, to Atlanta. I, this is a totally well, different my, scenario than that, man. Okay, but why didn't they drop TCU behind Ohio State then when they lost? Listen, maybe you're right. But I mean, I'm they, not, listen, I'm won. not going to convince you otherwise, and you're not going to convince me no, otherwise. No. So th- it is what no, it no, is. No, I will say. This. I will say this. Okay, forget about Alabama. But there's no doubt the committee thinks that there's different things sometimes how, you know, as far as rematches and everything else, that that plays in some of their um, final ranks. Yeah, there's you know, no like doubt. I said, maybe, maybe, listen, maybe I'll be sitting here the Monday after the selection show and Alabama's 12 and 1 and the SEC doesn't have a team in the playoff and 12 and 1 and Georgia's 12 and 1 and then you can call in and say you were right. But I don't believe that. I, you know, I, I don't. I'm not saying Georgia wouldn't stay in it if they're if, if they're ranked number one going into the um, So you think uh, Alabama can beat Georgia in the SEC championship game and Georgia can still go? <laughs> well, here's the reason. It's easier for the committee to justify Georgia not falling very far in a close game. Oh, my game God. If Alabama, Alabama beats them head-to-head, they're not taking Georgia over Alabama. Come on now. I don't well, care I what the say, ranking I, is. I, I, didn't, I didn't say that. I said, but if there's the SEC, you said there ain't going to be no SEC. You can't believe that. Well, if, if Alabama I'm, beats Georgia, Georgia's not going. If Alabama beats Georgia well, in the SEC championship game, they, and they're not going to take Alabama, they're not going to take Georgia, so then there would be no SEC team. So you I think, remember when, you remember when this ain't the same committee, but I mean, this is a different thing. Remember Oklahoma got throttled by Kansas State in the title game, and Oklahoma went to the national championship, and that was this format, but I'm just saying, yeah, teams can lose the last game and still make it. I'm just saying I think it's easier for them to keep Georgia in a close loss to Alabama. If Georgia's number one, to keep them maybe number four versus if Alabama's number eight and beats Georgia to move them to number four. I'm just saying I think it's worse odds on Bama jumping that far than Georgia falling that far. Right. Unless they get out, you know. Hey, I'll call you that with one because – and I'll tell you, I'm glad you was right. Well, Jim, listen. They, first of all, Alabama's got to go to Jordan Hare. Um, they got to try to beat Auburn. They got to go to Athens. I mean, to Atlanta, which is just like going to Athens. And you know, they may not win either one of those games. I don't know. Oh yeah. I'm just saying yeah. there, there's still so much work to to be done. 
And I'm just saying, though, and, and listen, Barry Sanderson's in your camp. He wants to argue with me all day long that Alabama won't jump Florida State. I believe they will. I believe if, if Florida State's under, first of all, Florida State barely hung on against Miami. They barely hung on in three or four games. I'm not convinced they'll get through that weak league uh, unbeaten. But if you can't, if you can't look at the difference in the SEC and the ACC and tell me that that you know, I don't care what Duke has done this year. I, I mean, I'd rather go play at Duke. I'd rather go play at Wake Forest. I'd rather go play at Georgia Tech than I'd rather go play at Tennessee. Or LSU, or Auburn, or insert SEC school. You know there is a difference in these leagues, and so you know I'm not. I've been wrong before, Jim, and I may be very well wrong again. But all I'm, I'm you know, you're looking at the formula, you're looking at where teams are ranked, and all right, I get that. I, you're you're right. You're making a really good, reasonable argument. But I'm just saying, in the world that I live in, you're not going to convince me that Alabama could go 12 and one. When go nine and zero in the SEC, beat a team that hadn't lost in two years since Alabama beat them, and not get in the playoff. That's all. That's all that I'm yeah, saying. And I close out by saying this, Roy. I mean, I hope you're right, but I would feel better though if Alabama was number six. When he I know you will, and maybe they, and maybe I, I understand what you're saying. You're saying it's a long way to go from eight to the top four, and I'm not dis- I'm not disagreeing with any of your logic, and I'm not even saying you know I, I guarantee that I know you're wrong because you may be right, <laughs> I may be wrong, but I'm just saying that I believe what I believe, and I just I just cannot imagine a world in which a 12 and one Alabama, the team that's dominated college football for the last 15 years in the conference that's dominated college football, could beat the number one ranked team in the country that's won two national championships in a row and 29 straight games and not go. Yeah, it's <laughs> well, good thing, but I don't expect you to change your opinion because you thought it out and you shouldn't change your opinion. Like just the same as me. I mean, because I've thought it out and so have you. So. It's good that you're not letting somebody else sway your opinion because that's your opinion. You know, it's, you know, nobody else is. And so I know you thought it out. I just have the way I thought it out. I just, you know, not well, the same way. Well, listen, you, you, you've taken a much more analytical approach than I have. I mean, you, so you put, you know, you, you have thought it out because you're right. I haven't really thought it out. I've just looked at the end scenario. The end game for me is if Alabama's 12 and one and went nine and zero in the SEC and just beat the Georgia Bulldogs and are not in the playoff, then then it's a it's it's a rotten playoff. I mean, that's all I can tell yeah. you. And I understand well, Washington's yeah. unbeaten, and I understand Washington. You got to beat them when you play them, and they beat Oregon. But there ain't no way you can convince me Washington's a better football team than the University of Alabama. What I, I've seen right now, I, you know. But there's no way you could convince me last year Alabama wasn't better than yeah. Good point. Hey man, Jim, you listen, buddy. I appreciate you calling in, and and right, uh, and I I you know like I said. You make some no hard make, feelings now. No, no hard heck feelings. no, man. Listen, you make some great points. You make better points than I make. You make you make more well thought out points than I'm making. All I am saying is, I just at the end of the day, and like I said, if this if this plays out, and on that Sunday's Alabama's left out, uh, you can call me Monday and say, man, I told you, and I'll say, hey, man, hundred percent to you. But I just, I'd be too sick to call you, so it won't be. <laughs> All right, Jim. Thank you, man. All right, man. Appreciate you. All right, we're going to try to squeeze Digger in, even though I'm way over. Digger, you always call right when I'm a, I'm do a break, man. What's yeah, up? Well, real quick, real quick, and I'll be quick. What's your best win, Gary? I'd say right now the best win, I would go ahead and say it's probably, would it be, I'd still say it's probably Ole Miss because you look at Ole Miss only lost to Georgia and Alabama. I'd say LSU second. I'd say Tennessee third. And I'd say, but uh, any win in the SEC, you know how I think. Any win in the SEC is better than a lot of wins in these other leagues. Wait, Ole Miss has never been to the title game. No, they sure okay. have. 
SEC title game. They sure haven't. I agree. I know. I know the history. Now, the other thing is, okay, listen, one more thing. Suppose you do beat Georgia in the SEC championship. And suppose Texas wins out. You've got the Big 12 champion beating the SEC champion in your own backyard by double digits. Sorry, buddy. You can't get past that one. You're sitting out. I'll let you go. All right, Digger. That's your opinion. I've got mine. Hey, maybe they wouldn't have to jump Texas. Like I said, I think when it's all said and done, I think if Florida State's unbeaten and Alabama's sitting there 12-1 and with a win over Georgia, I think you'd have to take Alabama in my world. But then again, I could be wrong. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with Casey Smith on golf next right here on the Gary Harris Show. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Paris. Houston Hydro covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 1037. We're running a little bit behind, but we're going to get Casey Smith on golf in here on the program because there's a, a lot to cover this morning. Um, and, um, Casey, I don't know if you got the, if you were on hold. No, you weren't because we just called you. I had a spirited conversation with, with Jim in the prior segment about Alabama getting in the college football playoff. And he was, hey, listen, man, he, he had, he had studied it. He had laid out an analytical approach and he, uh, he made a really good argument as to how Alabama could be left out. I'm just saying, Casey, in my world, if Alabama wins the next two, beats Georgia, which will probably be on a 29-game winning streak, two-time defending national champion, goes 12-1 and and goes 9-0 and in the SEC, in my world, Alabama doesn't get left out. I don't I don't care what analytics you use. You know what I'm saying? I would, I would agree 100% because given a loss when the team was a little bit in flux, obviously not the same team now, and they've always, you know, the football committee's always accounted for that. I, current eye test, et cetera, et cetera. If you run the table from that loss and you beat Georgia, the two-time defending champ, who's the number one team, plus every team you've beaten along the way, uh, showing huge signs of improvement, it should be just across the board, Alabama's in. And I'm going to tell you, every single team out there, if we can continue to improve, no one wants to play Alabama either. Probably the number one team they don't want to play right now is Alabama. And I bet if you looked at Vegas right now, I would love to know what it is, but I, I would be willing to bet maybe outside of Georgia, Alabama's a favorite against every other team, Michigan, Ohio State included. And, and I bet the Georgia line, if we continue playing like this, is going to be closer to a pick so I agree with you 100%. Yeah. And, of course, a lot has to happen. As I said to, to Jim, and you know, I'll say to anybody, first thing Alabama's got to do is win three more games, period. You know, if you if you lose the Iron Bowl or, or you lose the SEC championship game, obviously you're not going to the playoffs. So got to take care of your, your own business. Hey, let's get to golf because, uh, man, there's a lot to discuss. And we'll start kind of where we – left off last week and that was with Camilla Vajegas who had not won in nine years had been through a lot he and his wife had had had, had lost a baby he finished second last week and you know you're 
thinking that was nice, but it still didn't really give him what he needed to get his playing privileges back. So what does he do the next week in the Butterfield Bermuda Championship? He does one better. He wins by two shots over Alex Norton. What a story. Yeah, I mean, congrats to Camillo. I mean, they've been through... Uh, they've been through a lot. They lost their 20 month old in 2020 to tumors. Um, and then to go on and, and really get close. He had some good, good showings last year and then some this year, but to get close last week and then to go ahead and punch the ticket, uh, giving him his actually his fifth tour win and 11th professional win. Uh, you know, he, he at one time, I mean, he won the tour championship and he won, he won, went back to back, uh, in, in 08, he won. Uh, the BMW, and then went and won the Tour Championship. Right. So, you know, uh, first time he's won since 2017, or sorry, 2014 at the Honda Classic. Um, but one of the nicest guys on tour, uh, obviously one of the fittest guys. He's a big big cyclist. But for him to get back and win and win winter circle, and it, it's in ending the nine-year drought after going through what all that they've gone through. The celebration at the end was incredible, seeing all those guys come out there and, and pour champagne and beer and stuff on them. And, uh, you know, just just happy for him. Perseverance. And, uh, you know, he's 40 years old, 41 years old, and, and looks like maybe he's found something, and he's always been a stud. Uh, so I, I wish him nothing but the best. He's uh, well-deserved after what he's he's gone through. Tuscaloosa's Pat Kinzire, um has has had a little uptick in his game. He played well last week, and then even though he finished for T37 this week, he, he dropped off yesterday uh, with a 71, but prior to that, he had posted three rounds in the 60s. So uh, Pat, now a veteran on tour, uh, you know, has, has slumped off a little bit recently, but it looks like he's trying to get his game and, and, and you know, get it in shape for 2024. Yeah, I mean, Pat Patton's 130 on the uh, FedEx call ball points list. And 125, one top 150 gets a card. 125 is full card to a home game this week. Sea Island is the final PGA Tour stop for the RSM Classic this week, and it's a home game. And you know, I agree. I think this game's trending. So hopefully, uh, it's always easier to play at home. So hopefully, he has a great week uh, and gets himself inside the top that top 125. And as we head into the last week of the year. Uh, Lee Hodges is the 40th, Davis Riley 65th, Justin Thomas 77th, Rodney Shelton 85th, Patton 130, Trey 141, uh, Michael Thompson 185, but he's going to play on a medical next year. And then I know, I noticed this, Bud Colley is actually about to start making his comeback. Really? He'll have a medical start next year. Yep. He has started the preparation for the comeback. He's finally well. He's married. Things are in a good spot in his life. And he's began working back with coaches and practicing. So that was really good to see. And he'll get a lot of medical starts uh, in 2024. So, um, yeah, heading into the last week this week, we also had the, the Net Bank Challenge in Africa that uh, South Africa, JT played in. JT had a great showing over there, finished fourth. A lot of good DP World Tour players over there. JT shot 7266, 7266 for minus 12 in fourth place. Max Homa won the tournament at minus 19. JT and the Homas, JT and his wife and the Homas traveled over early and got a little uh, time in the savannah and the bush to see all the animals and wildlife and stuff. And then JT actually plays uh, tomorrow on the first ever live stream golf event on Netflix at the uh, Netflix Cup 
This is an event that they're putting alongside the F1 event in Vegas. So it's going to be at the Win. Stream live at 6 p.m. on Netflix. You got JT and Carlos Sainz, Ricky and, and a driver, Lando Norris, Ella Morikawa and a driver, Pierce Grafley, and Max Homa and, and um, a driver. And so they're going to have like eight holes of match play and all these contests, money involved. So he's flying from Africa to there. And then we won't see him again until the hero at the end of this month. Uh, and then he'll play in the father-son or parent-child in December. So golf season for the fall, and this calendar year is coming to an end. But this is a really big week at Sea Island. Davis Love, who's actually designing the Alabama's golf facility, uh, is the host of the tournament. And uh, you'll, you'll see a, a, a lot of these guys are playing in it outside of JT, and you'll see, uh, you know, there's a lot to play for still given these exemptions and things that really matter, getting your card, which is your really final chance to lock up your tour card, full status. Casey, should we read anything into uh, Bones not being with uh, JT at the Africa Major, or is it simply like you said, it was kind of a vacation thing, uh, any, you know, any, anything there? No, he and Max Homa, neither one took their daddy over. Long, long flight. They're flying back to Vegas, so they just took local caddies, which I know those local caddies are probably thrilled to receive those checks that they receive, um, which is really cool as well. I'd love to hear more about that. But, yeah, local caddies for the win. Uh, so I'm sure that 10% of whatever that was, uh, Euros, uh, pretty nice nice payday, better than your average caddy loop. Yeah, to say the least. Getting back to uh, the PGA Tour event, um, you, we didn't mention Davis Riley. He he went uh, 64, 68, 68, and then this is something that's kind of plagued him on tour. Uh, he's in position there. You know, to get a top five with a good round on Sunday, and he ballooned to a 73. Um, you know, shot plus two yesterday. Um, he, we know he's got the talent. He does have the one PGA Tour victory, uh, in the, in the New Orleans, uh, partner event, but just, you continue to tell me, and I believe you, it's just too much talent, but, you know, he just seems like he can't, he has a hard time putting four rounds together out there. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously, that's just something mentally there that's bothering him, or, and it's just a tough game. I mean, he started, he was in, obviously, in a great spot, and at that point, he was 1,400. He started bogey double his first two holes yesterday, and, and then, um, you know, proceeded to shoot two over on the front, and then, um, you know, shot even on the back, and um, that front side's not a very hard side, and that's, you know, relative to scoring. So, yeah, he lost out on a good chance there, but he still had a, a good year, and hopefully uh, the talent will eventually prevail uh, for him, I, I think it will. He's a really good player. Main thing is you just want to keep giving yourself chances and starts when you're playing for that much money and you have that much talent. Casey Smith on golf with us. All right, you've laid out JT's schedule pretty good. Of course, PGA Tour uh, uh, at Sion, but wrap it up. And, and I guess my final question always about looking ahead in 2024. Uh, and this, this, I'm going to keep it more general this week, Casey. What are you doing, by the way? Are you power cleaning? Huh? Oh, no. So I'm actually in, in Miami for meetings, and I'm walked out by the pool, so you must can hear the uh, stuff in the background. I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, I didn't, no worries. I I just, <laughs> but just, I'm, in, I'm in Miami for meetings this week. I landed this morning, and I thought I was in a quiet place. So well, I'm it was like it was a blow or something. Well, but that, no worries, man. I appreciate you squeezing us in. All right, finally, just overall, the game of golf, what kind of shape is it in uh, professional golf going into 2024? Well, I mean, there's obviously never been – there's, there's – 
never been more opportunities to play for really large money. So uh, financially, it's never been better for them. Um, as far as, you know, uh, where, what it is and how it is, I think they're, you know, the next 90 to 120 days, really 180 days since they've got an extension, will tell a lot about how it all comes back together. And I think we just all should hope that it does come, you know, they get a deal worked out with the PIF, the PGA Tour, because that's the path to getting everyone playing back in the same tournaments again, and that's what we all hope. I think Tiger Woods, you're going to see him play again. Uh, just, you know, after seeing him carry his son's bag for four days, I think we've got that coming up in 2024, uh, which is going to be very exciting. And, um, you know, I, I, there's just more talent than there ever has been. Look at the Ludwig Oberg that came from college to play as a Ryder Cup star all in the same year. And tour winner, I mean, the same to be said about a Nick Dunlap. And uh, so the game's never been in a better place as far as talent goes and then opportunity for those guys financially. But uh, getting this deal worked out would do a lot for, I think, for golf as a whole because there's a lot of people that have been turned off in the professional game, and golf has never been bigger than it is right now as far as participation goes. There's a huge golf boom that's happened, and now, you you know, the tour had a chance or the tours – have a chance to capitalize on that. Hopefully they will because I think a lot of times people really forget there's really golf and there's professional golf, and golf is doing so great. It's sort of distancing itself, and that's probably not a bad thing from professional golf. So I think uh, I think professional golf's in a great space, and if they ever get Tiger Woods back uh, out there, you know, it's only going to help. And the one final thing, there's been a lot of heat on Phil Mickelson, but if you haven't heard the story – about uh, what he did over the weekend. One of the, there's a guy trying to get through stage two of PGA Tour Q School. He reached out to Phil. He wasn't even looking for this publicity. They weren't even going to tell the story. No cameras around. He asked if he could help or pick his brain. Phil has that, invited him out over the weekend to his home, his home course, spent a whole weekend with him all day and night helping this aspiring mini tour pro to give him the best chances to help his game to get through stage two of Q school. So pretty cool story I read about uh, out there in professional golf. Cause we've, we've heard a lot of bad stories. That's for sure. Yeah, that's cool. That is uh that is really, really nice. Great stuff as always, Casey. Well, man, enjoy the, uh, enjoy the, the, the great uh, life down in Miami this week, buddy. <laughs> two days in and out. Got to get back, but uh, hopefully real close to deal. So I hear you. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Have a great one. All right. 1050, Casey Smith on golf. And, uh, we are going to take a break, come back and wrap it up. And I, you know, we didn't get to the Nick Saban clips. And I, listen, I, I enjoy that. It means we're getting phone calls, but I am going to try to play a little bit of Ross Bjork explaining, um, you know, what went into the decision to let go of, uh, Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. We'll do that next before we close off the show right here on the Gary Harris show. Weekday mornings at 6 a.m. The Martin Houston Show. Join us tomorrow as DC, DC Capstone Report joins the conversation to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly from Kentucky. We'll also look at his turning points in the game. How Alabama won the West. Those conversations and more right here on the Martin Houston Show, powered by Max Sports. Catch the Martin Houston Show from 6 to 7 weekday mornings on Tide 100.9. Patterson Co-
Haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partly to mostly sunny today with a high around 70. Tonight, increasingly cloudy below 49. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy. The better chance of rain will be south of here, the high 65. Wednesday, cloudy and cool. Rain likely at times, the high 59. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 63 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Stay up to date with the Crimson Tide, local high school sports, and Bama in the pros right here on Tide 100.9. Before, we just got a couple of minutes left. And, our, Noah, just take uh, Ross Bjork from yesterday's press conference, and, and we'll try to take a couple minutes of it. Uh, this was the announcement that uh, Jimbo Fisher is out at A&M. Our mission for Texas A&M Athletics is to create opportunities through championship athletics. We, we launched that in the spring of 2022. And our vision is as home of the 12th man, we are the pinnacle in those opportunities. And it's three categories. Diplomas earned, championships won, and leaders equipped and launched to impact the world. And that's really our student athletes. So we, we believe we have a very clear mission and we also follow the core values of Texas A&M. Earlier last week, I recommended to my boss, Interim President Mark Welsh, and both of us then recommended to Chancellor John Sharp that a change was absolutely necessary. And like I stated in the release, they accepted my decision. President Welsh would have been here today, but he was speaking at a predetermined uh, event in Houston around Veterans Day. Obviously, being a, a four-star general, he's in demand for Veterans Day activities, and so uh, he sends his regards. And I think we have a statement uh, from him that will go out later today. Mark Welsh, he, he's a phenomenal leader, and ever since he took over, I've so enjoyed working with him and his passion and energy for all things Texas A&M. The assessment that I delivered was that we are not reaching our full potential. We are not in the championship conversation and something was not quite right about our direction and the plan. I appreciate their support for this decision and our plan. All right, we got enough in there that you got the gist of it. Uh, the AD Ross Bjork decided that they were not going where they wanted to go with Jimbo Fisher. He recommended to the interim president. Interim president recommended it to the board. Jimbo Fisher out, and they owe him a right around 78 mil, 78 cool million to hit the road. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Gary Harris Show. This hour has been brought to you by Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law, and we've got Miller's Edge coming up at 11 a.m. For Noah Haynes, I'm Gary Harris. Thanks for listening. Catch me on TV tonight with the local sports on WVUA 23. They're back here tomorrow morning for the Tuesday edition of the Gary Harris Show. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.